All the episodes you will hear on this podcast are the audio versions of the video content on the Great Light Studios YouTube channel. If you would like to watch the video version of this episode, you can find a link in the show notes. For those of you who may not know, I do rely on monthly financial supporters to continue doing everything I do through this platform. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. With all that said, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, we can jump right back in. I, I just got three three verses that I'd like to go over to finish up on my end. But uh, if we could go to Colossians chapter one. Um, now that we kind of already understand the gospel, I just there's so many verses, but just for the sake of time, like I think that we've already driven the point home how the gospel is very clearly laid out throughout scripture. We're not having to add any words of our own. It's pretty much self-explanatory. Uh, that's what the apostles preached. And here's just a, another verse, just, a, you know, another cherry on the top, uh, Colossians mm-hmm. chapter 1 verse uh, 21 we could actually um, read from verse 19 it says okay. um, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. So here's just another verse that continues to drive the point home about the death, burial, and resurrection and how through God's suffering on the cross, what took place on that cross, what healed us, what gave us peace, the good news. Um, yep. At one point, we were enemies of God, but through this, we were reconciled to Him. And Paul's telling you to stand firm in that message. Mm-hmm. That's so. There's two things that stood out to me there that I want to get your thoughts on, Edgar. Um, the the first thing is verse 20, where he says, uh, "By making peace through His blood shed on the cross." So that's one thing where you know. <laughs> We're talking, we're, we're explaining the gospel, obviously, uh, within this context of, you know, also at the same time explaining why the WMSCOG's version of it is incorrect. And so it, it's, you know, I think these things are appropriate to point out. Um, but so through his bloodshed on the cross and then this part where he says, now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. And so I guess. I just wanted to run that by you because, you know, the WMS emphasizes Passover and 
and in the WMS doctrine, where is it or when was it that Christ gave us his blood for the forgiveness of sins? Yeah, so according to the World Mission Society Church of God, we receive the blood of Christ through the Passover. That is how it's uh, applied to us, only through the Passover. Yeah. So, so really all the emphasis that Paul has, Paul's emphasizing the physical, you know, Christ's physical body that was physically hanging on a cross, shedding physical blood to in the WMS doctrine, that becomes like this secondary element. It's like this, you know, secondary and importance even step. It's like Passover is really the thing. It's like that, that, that last supper, that Passover meal where G that's where Jesus actually gave his, his, flesh and blood. And, and so the act that Jesus did in his death and resurrection is really just kind of like, I don't, I don't even know what, how that really fits exactly in their doctrine. It's just kind of, it, it activates, I guess, this, this main thing. And like it, yeah, I don't, how, how would you, I guess, how would you say they would, um, yeah. So I mean, but, they, like articulate that. Yeah. So they just, you know, they try to connect the Passover to the crucifixion, which I agree. There's a lot of symbology there, but that that's that wasn't Jesus' point to focus on the Passover. In reality, it's all these feasts, all the works of the Old Testament, all the words of the Old Testament find fulfillment in Jesus, not the other way around. They try to make right. Jesus be the one who fulfills their Passover, but it's the other way around. All these things find fulfillment through Christ. Those are just shadows. There's no salvation in that. What's the difference of keeping the Passover once a year just because we keep it with bread and wine, but the Israelites kept it by um, eating the flesh of a goat? I mean, what, I mean, what, or a sheep, what's the difference? There is no difference. It's a ceremony once a year that can't fully forgive you of your sins. Those are shadows of the reality that we're going to come in Christ. So, you know, really doesn't the, the way they explain things is just basically having that Swiss scripture and try to make you follow the laws, follow the feast instead of following the reality of all those things, which is Jesus Christ. It's a perverted mm -hmm. gospel. And I think that's that's really maybe what I was trying to get at is is it just seems like in the WMSCOG doctrine, while the feast and Passover and that that meal that took place between Jesus and his disciples before he was arrested, that was something that was pointing to the cross and what Jesus did on the cross. But the WMS doctrine and the way they handle it kind of makes it to where what Jesus did on the cross again, as I was saying, is secondary because really that is pointing back to the main thing, which is Passover. Like Passover is the thing that has preeminence. It's like that Passover is that's the big deal, that the core of the gospel. They will they'll literally uh, uh, general pastor, I think, in some of his books will will describe it that way. That Passover is the core of the gospel. And so they, they're taking a shadow. You've got the reality here, which is what, by the way, as we've already established what Paul focused on, right? Uh, you even have in uh, first, first Corinthians uh, two, he says, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now keep in mind that many times when Paul was preaching, he was preaching to Gentiles, right? Gentiles who did not have the law that they, they weren't under this assumption that, 
oh, well, well, yeah, we, we still need to keep Sabbath and the feast and all that too. Like we already know that's, that's true because well, they don't have that. You can maybe make that argument with the Jews, but, but for, you know, many of the, the churches that Paul was writing to and speaking to, um, he was speaking to Gentiles who did not have those assumptions. And so Paul says, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I didn't bring up the feasts. I didn't bring up Passover. I didn't, I mean, if you go back to chapter one that you already read, I, baptism, you know, wasn't even a part of my gospel message. And so, so I guess to the WMSCOG, what they're preaching and teaching, I mean, what, what do you do with that? Because if Passover is the core of the gospel, Paul is explicitly telling us here, hey, when I went around, you know what? I didn't bring up the core of the gospel. I, Paul's basically admitting to the fact that he is a false prophet. He's a false apostle. This is basically Paul's confession. If the WMSCOG doctrine is true and Passover is the core of the gospel, we have multiple written confessions of the apostle Paul telling us, basically admitting to the fact that he was going around preaching a false gospel at best. You know, the, you, if he's leaving out the core of the gospel, as you say, saying that that's, that wasn't even a part of it, but the only thing, the only thing he sought to know was Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, Paul is a false apostle. He, he was either purposely deceiving and, and just telling a different message than what was really the true gospel, uh, Passover, you know, or he was just, he just for some reason decided to leave it out. Um, and so I just, I, that's, that's, this is kind of gets into what has been one of my main arguments against the WMSCOG is just the absence of the apostles mentioning Passover. And if Passover is the core of the gospel, that's just a big problem. And now you have Paul admitting to the fact that, Hey, I didn't even mention it. It was, did not even come up in any time I preached to you Corinthians or the Galatians, uh, the, these different Gentile, uh, congregations, Passover, uh, did not come up. I, I don't know. Actually, I just said Gentile. I don't know if the Galatians were Gentiles, but uh, actually, I think they were Jews. Um, but anyways, yeah. Um, so I just think that's that's pretty significant. I, I have something to add to that. When you were uh, mentioning about, you mentioned baptism, and I know we're going to kind of get into that later, but just because you brought it in the context of um the, the message of the gospel itself, where you said uh, you quoted first Corinthians chapter one, where apostle Paul is saying that the message he did not, he was not sent to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So the baptism is excluded from the gospel. It's not part of the gospel. It doesn't mean that it's not good. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Obviously we're going to talk about that later, but what it right. means is that it's not part of the gospel message. And so that's pretty curious because when you think about it, I'm trying to think of the way the World Mission Society Church of God members are going to think. And I'm trying to cut off all the ways yeah. to try to get around this because when you're in a cult and when, some, when, when someone's challenging you and there's no way out, you try to fall back on any little excuse that you can other than to just be humble and accept the fact that you could be wrong and that you need to take a serious look at the scriptures because 
and, and you know, we're going to go back to two verses after this that are going to mention why it's scary, why it's important to make sure you have the correct gospel. But just going back to the whole baptism thing, I want members to think about this, because if you guys try to justify it by saying, well, maybe the message of the Passover is included in that. Then let me ask you a question. In order to keep Passover, according to your doctrine, what do you need to do first? You need to be baptized. And then once you're baptized, then you're allowed to keep the Passover. So if you're saying that Passover is part of that gospel message, then baptism should be part of that gospel message too, because you can't have one without the other, according to the World Mission Society Church of God. But according to Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he lays it out very clear. He was not sent to baptize, but to preach the gospel. So meaning there was people who were saved without being baptized. But if you guys are teaching that the gospel itself is Passover, well, how are they keeping Passover without being baptized? It doesn't make sense for Apostle hmm. Paul to, to say that. And not only mm -hmm. that, he said, I think in verse 14, I thank God that I did not baptize any of you. If that's the gospel, let me baptize someone in order for them to keep the Passover. Again, like to Jordan's point, that Paul's just exposing himself as the crooked, uh, the most crooked <laughs> apostle of them all because he's mm -hmm. trying to lead you away from salvation. If he's not, if he's thanking God that he didn't baptize anyone, then they can't keep the Passover, then they can't be saved. But we understand Boom. that was yeah. a part of the gospel message. Yep, yep. Yeah, again, if the WMSCOG doctrine is true, then over and over again here, we're seeing that Paul is exposing himself as a false prophet, as preaching a false, uh, at best, a, a grossly incomplete version of the gospel. Uh, but at the same time, it's not that he's like just accidentally forgetting or or having some, you know, purpose in, in not mentioning certain aspects of, you know, the gospel like baptism or Passover. It's like here, verse 14 of first Corinthians, he's, he's thanking God that he's, he, he purposely did not include these. It's like, so if the WMS is correct, we basically have Paul here saying, I thank God that I've been preaching a false gospel to you and, and, and manipulating you into to not, you know, knowing and understanding what really leads to the forgiveness of your sins. I'm thankful to God that I've, you know, left you in the dark about what really needs to take place in order for you to be reconciled to God. Uh, this, yeah, if the WMS is correct in their doctrines, and this, this is a huge problem, a massive problem. Um, and I think it, it'd be on the WMS to explain why, why is Paul saying these things? Why is he articulating the gospel in this way? You know, what would be funny is that Hebrew Israelites, what they do is because Apostle Paul, a lot of Paul's letters contradict their teaching. What they do is they started to say that Apostle Paul went off, that Apostle yep. Paul is not a, wasn't correct and he went his own way. I wonder if mm -hmm. the World Mission Society Church of God would go even eventually. Lower. Yeah, eventually. And, and tweet. I'm, I'm calling, I'm saying it now. 
if they start telling you guys that Apostle Paul was losing his mind or don't listen to everything that Paul says, you heard it here first because they can't make sense of the gospel that the apostles preached and line it up with what they teach. It's a total contradiction, night and day difference. Yep. yep. And um, so I wanted, I wanted to um, real quick because it's kind of on uh, topic. Just, just this idea that you were just mentioning of of salvation. Um, so Peter and Cornelius. It's actually Acts chapter ten. So just on this point of you know if if the gospel that the apostles were preaching was correct, you know, then why did they leave out Passover? And and why is it that we see like in this instance? Uh, in this story, I'm just going to read the end of it, but you're going to see people getting saved, you know, their sins being forgiven, being counted as children of God uh, completely without keeping Passover, being baptized, anything like that. So this is when Peter had the vision. God told him to go to Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a Gentile, somebody who did not, you know, did not keep the feast, did not have any assumptions about keeping the law of Moses um, or that that was something he was obligated to do. Um, but he was a God fearing man. And, and so God sent Peter to, to teach him, uh, the message of Christ. So starting in verse 39, um, actually one second. Okay. So actually in 33, so basically Peter ends up going to Cornelius, his, his family and people are gathered around to listen to what Peter has to say. Um, and <clears throat> Peter began to speak verse 34. Um, I now realize, uh, Oh, actually, hold on. Let me back up to 33. Um, so I sent for you immediately. It was good of you to come. Uh, I think this is Cornelius talking to Peter. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything, everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. So let's hear, let's hear if Peter, you know, if Peter's going to tell Cornelius and his family, those gathered around intently saying, this guy knows, he knows what's up. He knows what God wants to tell us. And now he's going to tell us everything that God has commanded Peter to, to tell them. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Wait a minute. God accepts simply the one who fears him and does what is right? Well, what about Passover? It's not showing up. Maybe, maybe it'll show up later. We'll, we'll find out. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people to testify that he is the one whom God has appointed as judge of the living and the dead. So Jesus, right? Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead, not, not anybody else, not a man from South Korea. 
All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Okay, now Peter has finished stating, saying everything, uh, where is it? Everything that the Lord commanded Peter to tell them. And now look what happens. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Um, then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So uh, not, to, not to stay on this too long, the point here is that Peter, Peter just said, he kind of sums this up by saying, anyone who believes in this message, same message Paul preached, Jesus died and was resurrected, has forgiveness of sins through his name. Well, as Peter was saying these words, what happened? Well, these Gentiles, they believed in Jesus. They were believing what they were hearing. And so what happened? Well, they encountered the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them, changed their hearts, not through keeping Passover, not through doing anything except for listening and with open hearts receiving everything that the Lord had commanded Peter to say. So they believed and God gave them the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the significance of the fact that God gave them the Holy Spirit? Well, if you look at Ephesians chapter one, you'll see that Paul describes the Holy Spirit as being like the seal, uh, that the Holy Spirit is given as a seal. Now, a seal uh, don't think of it as like a door that's being closed and then a lock being put on it. But a seal was like, uh, in those days, like a, a person in power, if they were to send a letter or a message, they would have a, a unique stamp and they would imprint that in wax on the, whatever message they were sending so that the recipient would know that this came, this is a legitimate message from the person who it's, it's stated to be from because of that unique imprint. And so it was like the stamp of ownership. Uh, and so when God says the Holy Spirit is a seal, that's God saying, this person belongs to me. They are forgiven, they're reconciled, they've been brought into my family. If you have the Holy Spirit, you belong to Christ, you are redeemed, forgiven, and all the rest. Now, this is happening. These people are becoming forgiven of their sins, receiving the Holy Spirit, becoming God's children, in the as they're just sitting there listening and hearing and believing they're sitting in their chairs they're not getting up they're not getting dunked in water they're not eating bread and wine they're not doing anything except for listening and believing and they receive the holy spirit their sins in that moment are forgiven not because of anything they do and it i mean what a great example of the gospel that is described as a free gift. These people didn't lift a finger to do anything to achieve their own salvation, their own forgiveness. They didn't have to lift a finger to pick up a cup and pour some liquid in their mouth as if God would then look at them and say, oh, well now, now since you've done your part, now I'll forgive you. They didn't do any of that. They sat there and did nothing and like little children in humility, believe this message received it, and became united with Christ, forgiven of their sins. And then, and then Peter says, now, now that they are in Christ, united to him, forgiven of their sins, they're a part of the family of God, 
they let's they should be baptized as a you know a public kind of demonstration that they are now you know that they've died with Christ and they're raised with him to this this new way of living and so I just think that's you know you see examples of this this is just such a clear example to me the reason I point this out is because here here we're seeing salvation playing out this is this is if you want to know go to the Bible see okay what what does it look like when somebody is saved, quote unquote? What does it look like when somebody is forgiven of sins? How does that play out? It's so simple. <laughs> it's so simple. You hear a message, you believe it, you receive that free gift and forgiveness comes apart from anything, anything that you do, any activity, any self-exertion or religious effort and striving to do and to keep and to fulfill and to be, none of that. You just sit like a little kid who's opening up his hand and saying, thank you, dad, for the food that you have worked for, that you've purchased by your own efforts, by your work for me. I didn't do anything. I'm a little child holding out my hand, receiving a free gift from my father who loves me and who provides everything for me freely. That's the gospel. No Passover, no keeping of festivals and rituals. Um, and so I think that's that's just something that is worth considering. That's good. That's really good. I never saw that verse before. That was that was pretty amazing. And again, what what I'm seeing is as we're going through all these verses, it doesn't matter where we go into the Bible. We're seeing the same consistent message. It's and so consistent. Yeah, you can't do that with the these all these cults and their teachings of works and workspace salvation, you cannot do that. You have to automatically, you have to add all your own words and ideas because it's not what the gospel preaches. And I just want to kind of just encourage the members, you know, really think about it. Don't just, you know, you don't have to agree with everything that we say, but you should look at the Bible and be able to see that, we're just reading what's in the Bible. And if the message that is being taught in the World Mission Society Church of God is not in accordance with the Bible, if it's another gospel, then it doesn't matter who preaches it to you or what you think about that person. Don't let your heart or uh, guide you in something that you could be wrong about because this is your eternity at stake. So we need to be very sure and not to be scared to ask these questions. The Bible tells us to test the spirits to see if they're of God. So that's that's uh, just how I kind of wanted to end on, on, on mm -hmm. this subject on my end. I don't know if you want to throw yeah. something there, Jordan. So one last verse I wanted to point out because we've emphasized what the gospel is the simplicity of, of obviously a focus on the person of Jesus death, resurrection, or death, burial, and resurrection. Um, but but I wanted to just at least point out, and there's so many of these we could go to, and also so much more <laughs> that I, I, we might do more videos on. This might just be one or two parts of, of many kind of covering, diving more deeply into what what is the gospel exactly? What does it mean? Uh, but right now, I think just this, this verse to kind of finish on, um, as sort of a way of like, how does this, like, what does this look like? What's the, the, I guess the, the application of these things, how do I personally apply this to myself? What does that look like? Um, and so 
Ephesians 2. Um, I'm just going to start in 8, uh, where it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so, you know, I guess to kind of bring this to a, a circle here, we started out and I kind of emphasize that. I hope what you see, the, the gospel, kind of like the version that the WMS gives, that when you, I think, understand what the New Testament says about what the good news is, you should see that it's kind of this inversion. It's like it, it's flipped upside down, that actually the way we approach God, what he requires of us is complete opposite of what the WMS says, because the WMSCOG presents this uh, this this gospel supposed, which is no gospel at all, of you do, you work, you strive, you effort, and you keep doing it over and over, day after day, month after month, year after year. And the testimony of many members is that at the end of all that, decades of doing that, they'll feel like, man, it's still not enough. Um, I, I'm, I'm still, I still don't have peace. I still, uh, I, I'm just having to keep these things up year after year after year. And, and I'm still uncertain about what God thinks about me. I'm still not sure if I've done enough. I'm, you know, if I miss, yeah, sure. I did. I did the last Passover, but what if I miss this one? What if I miss this one? And so it's like you're you're constantly in this state. You have to be, whether you realize it and acknowledge it or not. You are in this constant state of anxiety about your eternal condition. And I'd, I'd also want to emphasize back to this idea of hell. That again is a whole other video I want to do. But I just think that one of the, one of the things that makes it a bit difficult to to have this conversation without. Um, you know, it feels like there's so many other things that I'd like to clarify and establish. I just think that so many, you know, especially, you know, I know for a fact, WMSCOG members are coming into this with this, these assumptions about, about, you know, eternal judgment and what that is. And so I think there's this framework that just produces so much fear because I've, I've listened to segments of sermons from general pastor describing hell and, and, and it's really just this fear mongering I mean, one of the most horrible sermons I've ever listened to as he's describing the torture and he goes into like this, these, you know, medical things where people, I can't remember exactly the details of it, but he'll go into these medical um, examples where, where he'll describe like the worst pain people can possibly imagine. And then he'll say, uh, you know, he'll just kind of apply that to hell and say like, this, this is what hell is like. It's just like, you can't even fathom the depths, the amount, the excruciation of the, the the physical pain and torment you'll be in, and then it'll just be this over and over and over for for an eternity. And and again, I just say I think I just think it's hard for a lot of people to to fully be able to hear what we're saying if that's the context that they still kind of have underlying all of this. That all that's kind of going to be. Uh, a lot of what we're saying and the good news we're proclaiming will kind of be like almost, I feel like that just kind of pollutes it. It, it, it kind of uh, distorts it to where you can't, you know, it's like, well, yeah, that sounds good. But like, I don't know. There's just something, it's like that, that, that thing that's in the closet that you don't really want to think about, but it's there. And so uh, 
I guess this is just kind of a disclaimer that I, this is something that I want to do more videos about, or we have, I do have some videos on great light studios where I've, I've had uh, discussions about different Christian views of hell and, and views that are not, um, um, that are contrary and that I think are more biblical than this kind of, you know, tor torturous eternal view that I think is really rooted a lot in things like Greek philosophy and not in scripture. Um, but I would just hope that people can kind of um, realize that there are different ways of thinking about those things. And so if that's like a stumbling block, which I think it is for many people, um, and, and I think I say this because I can kind of relate to that and and because I had I had years of just deeply deeply wrestling with that the idea of hell um, and just the, the the terror that can kind of consume you when you really embrace what 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 that would mean if kind of the traditional view were true um, and so I just want to put it out there there are other ways of thinking about that um, but <clears throat> this you know. Ephesians 2, it, it's talking about there's multiple things that kind of stand out to me um, where he talks about it is it's by grace you've been saved. And so um, grace, like what Edgar, as, as a former member, what is it by grace in the WMSCOG I, that you're saved? I guess let's just to kind of, again, wrap this up, let's just walk through these different lines. And I, I just want to kind of put these to you as a way of like comparing the, the different gospels. Let's see if we can kind of end this by showing the inversion, the, the, how the gospel, the true gospel is really kind of flipped upside down from the one that the, the WMS gives. And so this, this idea that he starts out here with grace, by grace, you have been saved. Can a WMSCOG member say, oh yeah, that's true. That's true of my situation. It's by it's by grace that I'm saved. Yeah, so so they can say it in the sense that they'll I've heard them say, yeah, that they'll read over this verse because they go to Ephesians chapter one, verse seven. So when we're on the book of Ephesians, they'll talk about receiving the blood of Christ and they'll be like, that's the grace. They'll say the Passover is the grace of God that we receive Passover by, by the grace of God, but obviously it's because they're not reading in context. It has nothing to do with the Passover. Actually, if you read this uh, from the beginning in verse one, it lays it out very clear. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who's now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following his desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. 
And this mm -hmm. is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. So when you read the whole thing, you if you try to throw in a work in there, you can understand very clearly that that's not what Apostle Paul is talking about. Faith alone, grace. This is God's grace given to us. And if we have faith in that, that is enough. Just like you, when you were reading the book of Acts, where they didn't even lift a finger, it was through the grace of God. They had faith. They believed the message. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel message. But yeah, this is a total contradiction that from the World Mission Society Church of God, they, they can't make it work no matter how much they try because it's all based on works. And so what is the gospel? That's what we're, that's what we're answering here. And, and this, this here, you know, we're saying grace, grace is, is intricately woven into what the gospel is. You can't have the gospel without this emphasis on, on grace. And it's, um, it talks about here, God, as you just read, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. And then he says, it is by grace you have been saved. And so this aspect of it being by grace, I think it has to do with, you know, this, this principle, this, this way in which God relates to us. It's by grace. The reason it's by grace is because God, you know, he makes us alive while we are dead in transgressions. And so there, there's there's the gospel communicated in a pr pretty clear, uh, succinct way, if you understand what's being said. So while we are dead in transgressions, and it, you can think about this as like, you know, before before we do anything, before, before I've gone out and I've done my duties, before I've gone out and I've, I've you know, I've put in my I, my work, my effort, my energies before I've gotten rid of my sin. I've heard some pastors, even outside of the WMS, say like, "You need to go and you know if you, if you want to be if you want to be right with God, if you want if you want His forgiveness, you need to go out and you need to basically like get rid of all your sin and and just get all that out of your life, and then come come to God, then come and and knock on the door to to come inside the house first. You know this this. You're just a filthy mess. You got mud all over you. You're dirty. You're you're gross. Go and and get rid of that. Figure out how to do that. You know whether that's the WMSCOG way, which is continue to keep the Passover, baptism, keep putting in your tithes, your and all these things that you guys know you you have to do. And you're it, it's like it's as if you're that person that's covered. You know you're just covered in the mud and the filth. And the message you're being given is, hey, if you want inside this house, that's fine. I want you to come in, but look, you're really dirty. So you need to go out and you need to, you know, you need to clean yourself up a little bit. And then, you know, if you do it right, if you do it well enough, if you come back without all the mud, then I'll let you inside the house. Well, this is saying, no, while we were still <laughs> covered in the mud, as it were, that that's the moment when God stepped in and gave us grace and said, I, 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 I embrace you as my child. And it's the story we see play out in Acts 10, where these people were sitting there. They had not gone out and done anything to rid themselves of their sin or their problems or their issues. They they simply received what God had did. And, and right there, sitting there, hearing the message of Paul, God filled them with the spirit. God made them alive 
while they were dead in sins without requiring them to go out and do anything else first. That's the gospel. The gospel is, is not one of like, there's this ladder to heaven. And if we can do enough to climb up that ladder and we just, we just keep working and we just keep suffering for the sake of, uh, of, of God and obedience, one day, maybe God will, you know, accept us. Instead, it's no, God actually has climbed down the ladder with us and said, Hey, I already accept you. Now let's, let's climb the ladder together. And so, so again, as we're going to get into in the next video, this isn't, this isn't a message. Uh, the gospel isn't a message of saying, so go out and do what you want. You know, go, you don't have to get, you don't have to repent. You don't have to, you know, you, you can keep doing what you want. You can keep living however you want. You can keep embracing the sin and, and, and whatever. That's not the point here. The point is the order, which we've talked about before, getting that order right is first knowing that no, before I do anything, that that is when I'm accepted. That's and and then that results, that results in the change, that results in the new heart, uh, that results in the re the reformed behaviors, that results in fruit. Um, if you think about this, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Jesus doesn't say, Hey, you first go out and you bear fruit. Like you're, you're a branch. I'm the tree. You're not connected to me yet. If you want to be connected to me, you know, salvation, if you want to get connected to salvation, forgiveness of sins. Well, first you go out and you get some leaves growing on you. You know, you get the fruit grow, growing on you, you branches while you branches out there disconnected from the vine, you figure out how to get fruit and leaves growing and then come back. And if you, if you're doing it right, yeah, you'll be able to continue to become connected. Well, no, instead it's, Hey, freely god connects us to himself by grace and then the fruit the leaves you know will will just naturally result by his spirits it's, it's the work he does in us um but yeah that that's grace is, is that that idea that god god doesn't wait for us to do something it is finished god's done it all and it's not a matter of you do 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 and then you get something, it's, it's a matter of done. It is done and, and receive that. Um, and so that, that's, that's, I think you're just seeing here just one, one way of the gospel uh, being communicated. Go ahead, Edgar. Yeah, and, and then what you were saying um, in verse eight, it actually expounds on that about how it's not, well, you know, obviously the Church of God members are sitting back behind their screen and are saying they just want us to just believe and not do anything. But that's not what we're saying at all. And even in this verse that we're reading, that's what it communicates in verse eight. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not hmm. by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. But what comes first? First comes the saving faith, the gift, the gift from God. And as a result, if you have a saving faith, then good works will automatically come out. So we're not saying that you're not supposed to do anything. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is you guys need to understand the order. And Jesus, uh, Jordan gave a perfect example about the vine and the branches. <laughs> so, yes, that's that's exactly 
hitting the nail on the head. We, they need to understand the order of how God administered his grace to us. Yeah. And so for it is by, again, verse eight, it is by grace you have been saved. I think we've established that the WMSCOG, I don't, I don't know how they could really say that is true about their system. And then the next part, saved, we're saved by grace through faith. So again, Edgar, can a WMSCOG member say, I am saved by grace through faith? No, no, they can't. Not, not, they can't make it make sense. They can try to add and lie, but no. They cannot make it, they cannot make this statement apply to their theology, their doctrine. It does not, you can't have it both ways. It's either we need to do these things for salvation or we don't. And if we don't need to do these things, then An San Hong and Zangil Jar are false prophets. But the what I'm seeing now is that a lot of members nowadays, they're trying to kind of steal from the Christian worldview because they understand how messed up their doctrine is but you can't have it both ways either they're wrong or the bible's wrong where are you going to put your trust in that's the question that you guys need to ask yourselves so the next part and this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god so salvation through faith this salvation this forgiveness of sins that we get is this something that we that the WMSCOG member can say, yeah, I, I'm forgiven of my sins, but it's it's not this forgiveness that I have. It's not for myself. It's not from anything I've done. It's not from any work I've put in, any effort I've exerted. It's not for my own personal striving and religious obedience and all the rest. Can a WMSCOG member say my forgiveness of sins is not from myself? No, they can't. They have to. They have to think about the how many uh, fruits they've bore, how many times they tithe, how many times they have offered, how much they've done that. Have they kept service in spirit and in truth? Did they do enough construction work? Did they dedicate enough for food offerings? Did they sacrifice enough? That I mean, it's just. A never-ending cycle. You have no peace when you're there. It's it's totally one hundred percent from yourself, not mm -hmm. not the other way around. They heavily depend on their works in order to earn their salvation. It is the gift of God, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So whatever the gospel is. It is at its core, at its heart, it is it, fundamentally the gospel is a gift, something freely given. So maybe maybe as a quick analogy, Edgar, I know both of us have kids. So if um, if I go out to Walmart and I buy, you know, my kids like uh, Pokemon cards. So I, I buy them, you know, I buy my oldest son uh, a cart full of, of Pokemon cards. And then I come back to the house and I say, Jonah, I got you this gift. I got you a gift, a, a free gift. And he says, oh, that's great, Dad. I want it. Can I have it? And I say, oh, well, hold on, hold on. To, to get this free gift, go out and, you know, you have a list of chores. Mow the, mow the yard. Mow the yard. You know, that's your duty. That's my command. Every week you have to mow the yard. 
oh, uh, you have to take out the trash. Have you taken out the trash every every Tuesday and Friday? You know, um, oh, the bathrooms need cleaned. Have you have you done that? And, and then like after weeks and weeks and months and months, and he keeps trying to do all these things and do all these things. And at the same time, he's saying, uh, and I'm kind of dangling this over his head saying, hey, you keep doing this, keep doing that, keep it up, keep up your duties, keep up your, your obedience, keep suffering for the sake of the, 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 the free gift. And, and someday I'll, I'm going to give you this free gift, Jonah, you know, my oldest son, you just keep, keep up your duties. And this is a free gift, not of yourselves. It's the gift of, it's the gift of me, your father, who just wants to just freely give you things because I, I love you. And I, you know, I, I, I came to freely give you what you can't, you can't earn for yourself. Is it just me, Edgar, is, or is that a bit, uh, on the one hand, is that pretty accurate, uh, uh, you know, summary of the WMSUG's, you know, kind of system of, of doing things? And two, is that kind of turning all this into a bit of nonsense, <laughs> this concept of salvation being a gift? Yeah, absolutely. That's a correct definition of their of their uh, way of calling God's gift of salvation a gift. That's really no no gift at all. You're constantly working. You're constantly they're constantly moving the goalpost. They're dangling the gift in front of you. That's really no gift at all because that it's it's, it's a, they're boasting of gifts they cannot give, <laughs> as the Bible says. <laughs> So, but it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's crazy because even, even that's a great story that you, that you're mentioning. It's, it, you know, yeah, when you listen to it like that, it's baloney, right? But mm -hmm. members are so invested in it. And then one thing that stood out to me from what you were reading is when you're saying, when you're giving the story and you're saying, the father saying, look, it's a gift. It's a gift, but you got to continuously work for months. You got to cut the yard. You got to, you got to uh, do this list of chores. Then in turn, what does that make the child believe at the end? Look at the very next verse, verse nine, not by works so that no one can boast. If mm -hmm. the child does all those things, then when the father finally decides to give him the gift, the child has something to boast about. Well, I, I did, did this. Things. And that's contrary to Apostle Paul's point is we have nothing to boast about. It's 100 percent a free gift from God. But no, the World Mission Society Church of God cannot say that they earn their salvation that's really no salvation at all by first baptism, then Passover, then Sabbath day, then everything, every little thing that falls after that, they have to continuously keep on going and keep on. And the more time that they're there, instead of doing less, they're doing more constantly more. So it gets harder and harder and harder and they keep moving the goalposts. See, if you could at least earn it would be one thing, but the thing is they dangle <laughs> it in front of you. It's like you're running yeah. on a treadmill and they try to make excuses by saying, oh, you just want to give up. You just want to, uh, you didn't want to keep God's commands. That No, that's, that, that's not the gospel that's, I want to, I want to believe the gospel. I want to believe how God intended, how God's plan of salvation 
that's given to me. I accept that. Not your faulty version of a hamster running on a wheel or someone running on a treadmill and having bait dangled over them and they continue to run in circles because they never achieve it. That's not a gospel. That's not the, the gospel of the Bible. And and even I would just encourage people to look into and consider the definition of a gift and what is a gift. Think about the world you live in, in what context would that analogy I just gave not be complete nonsense to, to have me go to the store, get supposed gifts for my son, and then require that he do X, Y, and Z, you know, not just once, but, you know, continually in order to have that gift. You know, I might give it to him, you know, after, uh, you know, kind of as, well, you keep the Passover. So today I have forgiveness, but hey, if you don't go out and mow the lawn, take out the trash and, and et cetera, then I'm going to take that back from you. Well, that's not a gift then. Uh, a, a gift by definition cannot, cannot require something to be given in exchange for it. The moment something is given in exchange for it, that's a transaction. That's a, a, a business transaction. That's, a, that's no longer a father-son relationship. That's an employer-employee. That's, uh, uh, that's a giving of a paycheck. You know, you're, you're giving, if I require my, my boy to go out and do all these things and then he gets the prize, well, that's, that's not a gift. It's a paycheck. Um, and I just think the, the challenge here is for, for, you know, those who have been engrossed in the WMSCOG system to just consider that, you know, why, why is it, why is it that, that the New Testament describes salvation and forgiveness of sins as a gift? If it's a gift, then then how can it be that you are required to do all these things in order to receive it? Because you should you should realize that by definition, that is that is turning a gift into paycheck. And, and like Edgar just said, that's that's no longer it's a perversion of the gospel. Really, no no gospel at all. It's not good news at all. <laughs> they they give. You, but then you mess up in one little thing and they take it right back from you, you know, and, and, and it's sad. It really is sad because it's it's a big deal. Salvation is a big deal. So by them doing that, that again, it goes back to the abuse. They're they're abusing you spiritually because they're constantly dangling it in front of you, telling you that you've achieved it. And, and then in the same breath, in the same sermon, they tell you that that you, you still got to work for it, that you haven't achieved it, that you got to work harder. And you keep one feast and they tell you that, that that's it, that you're, you're totally forgiven for your sins, that through that feast, you're good with God, you're in right standing with God. And then the next Sabbath day, they're telling you that you messed up, that you need to keep the Sabbath day in order to be washed from your sins. And then after the Sabbath, and then it goes to the next feast, and the feast after that, the Passover. And then if you don't, if, if you keep the Passover, you're you're saved, you're forgiven. But God forbid you you miss the feast of unleavened bread because then Passover didn't count. And so again, it's like the hamster in the wheel, and that's how they keep you going. You're constantly just going, and it's so tiring. And you know. I, again, I go back to the comment sections. Members are quick to say, oh, they just couldn't stand firm in, in, in the faith. They, they get tired of it. No, I, I got tired of believing a false gospel that kept running around in circles that wasn't clear. 
that they couldn't mm -hmm. explain that when the questions got hard, they told you that you didn't have faith and that you didn't read the green book enough. And when I talked to the elder of the Midwest Association, think about this, members. Is the word elder in the Bible used carelessly or is it a word that that commands respect? Right. In Revelation, it's talking about the elders before the throne, that they're following the lamb. Right. So the church of God has elders. I asked the elder and he knows who he is and, and the witness that was there knows who he is. And when we had the video call and I asked him, you know, about the gospel, about the Passover, he couldn't give me an answer. This is an elder. All he could do was read word from word what was written in a sermon book that was already pre-written, pre-programmed, sounds robotic. He's, he doesn't have the security in him, the freedom in Christ, in the gospel, in the words of God, to give me an answer out of his own free will. And it's always according to the script. Even if it has nothing to do with what you're actually saying, that's all they know. And that's an elder. And, you know, that, that's a lot to why, you know, it, I, they, why they don't, you know, even though we continuously invite them, it's obvious why they don't want to come on here and, 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 you know, talk about these things. Yep. Yeah. Um, so then not by works and you kind of, you kind of talked about this already, but not by works so that no one can boast. And I just say that it's demonstrated, I think pretty clearly that, whatever the WMSCOG system produces in its members, it, it's this capacity, this, this, uh, uh, you know, disposition to boast, go to YouTube comments, go see their interactions with critics. And, and they're going to be uh, talking about their, they're the only church that does X, Y, and Z. We're the only ones doing this. Everybody else has it wrong. And, you know, even though the first time, Edgar, I came to your branch in Wichita, well, one of the first things that happened is that some of the leaders took us over to the wall and said, look at all of our achievements, look at all these rewards we got. Um, and so there, I think this, this system, when it is, as we put in this analogy of the, the, the supposed gift being given to my son, and as much as he does all of his chores, that, that is uh, that will produce, it does produce a capacity to boast because if I'm offering that to all my sons and only one of them, you know, keeps up with all their duties, their chores, and they do it right. They mow the lawn to my expectations. They take out the trash in the way they were supposed to, but the other ones weren't. Well, that gives the other the capacity to say, well, you know, I just, I was just more able. I, 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 I was better than you. I'm, I'm, you know, better at doing the chores. And so there's, it creates a capacity to boast while the gospel, whatever it is, uh, the nature of it is such that it eliminates any ability to boast. And the reason for that is because all of us are on the same playing field level ground and, and what gets us inside that door is not us doing all the chores first and not who's capable and who's not of doing those things to the required degree, but it's, you know, a willingness, humility to just accept what has been freely given, accept it. 
Um, and, and that gets us in the door and he raises us to new life, seats us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, uh, pours out his Holy Spirit as he did on the Gentiles, as Peter preached in Acts 10, free, free gift, nothing done to earn it. It's not a paycheck. Um, and so, uh, we'll just, let's just end it here with this, um, this last part, uh, to kind of set up, I think what the next videos will be about, cause it goes on as Edgar pointed out already a bit, but for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to get, do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so this isn't saying, so good works change life, you know, holiness, righteousness, obedience. These things are irrelevant and unnecessary. That is not the point. Um, it's all about the order, the order here. And that's what you're seeing here, the order. It's grace and salvation. And then that leads to the good works and not the other way around. And so we'll, we'll be talking more about that in the next video. Uh, but Edgar, if you have any final thoughts here you want to share before we wrap this up, feel free to, to share. I was just, um, I, I don't have anything else to say. I think that was, that was good. I'm very happy that we did this. And I just really just uh, more of an encouragement, just encourage the members to really think about what was talked about. I mean, you don't have to like us, you know, but just really think about what we said, you know, keep an open mind, you know, instead of saying, you know, you guys have shut your, your mind, you know, because I've been hearing that a lot. Oh, we can't talk to you because you've already closed your mind. I, I challenge mm -hmm. I think it's the opposite. I think it's you guys that have closed your minds to any anything that's not World Mission Society Church of God related. It's not coming from the inside of the World Mission Society Church of God, whether it's your parents, whether it's a loved one, whether it's a pastor, whether it's anyone that presents to you anything with the, with scripture, you don't hear them out. You only have, you've shut your mind completely down and only listen to them. So I encourage you, open your minds. You know, the Bible says, test the spirits to see if they're of God and just, you know, pray. We'll be praying for you guys and just thank you for the time. And Jordan and I enjoyed our conversation like always. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, you can find links in the show notes of this episode. If you are blessed by the resources produced through Great Light Studios and want to help support me in continuing to do all this, then you can find information about how to in the show notes of this episode. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people.